Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. That's right. We're back. Yeah, and, and it's December. It's mm-hmm. Christmas time. That's right. Christmas is in full swing. Pretty We're sure this our- week I'm going to go get my, my tree. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. It's basically over. You should have it by now. How should I have it by now? Because it's December already. We, yeah. Thanksgiving was last week. Okay, yeah. You should have it at the latest the day after Thanksgiving. Okay, but I'll be in Atlanta. Then, therefore, you should have it before Thanksgiving. That's how that works. No way. Yes, that's no how it works. No way. That's Absolutely. A, that's a dumb rule. Yeah, yeah. You're going to go ahead, go out there, have your gardener cut down a tree for you because you ain't doing it. And then he brings the tree in and then you set it all up. You should have had it done early. I, well, actually, that probably should have did that way. You're right. Yeah, that's I know. I'm, I'm thinking about you. And I just see that you sent me this photo. Mm hmm. The reason this is an unfair photo, mm-hmm. all right, so you've got me standing next to a 15-year-old boy at church. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I look very small in the picture, mm-hmm. and he looks very large, but the reality is I'm in the background. Yeah, you kept moving back. far away. You kept away. moving I away. You knew what I was away. doing. So all I'm saying you is- You knew what I was doing, and you kept- Of course so, I looked small, because you've got him in front of the camera, and I'm way back, so I'm not that small. I'm not that small. You kept sidestepping, mm-hmm. and I kept thinking to myself, he knows what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I, all I'm saying is I will put this up on the show notes for- mm-hmm. it'll, it'll already be up for the scene drafts, and, and people, can, uh, people can see that. So anyway, mm. so like, holidays, are you listening to Christmas music? What's your favorite Christmas song, not Christmas hymn for church? Christmas song. I don't listen to Christmas songs. Never? Uh, if it's on, I'll, I guess. You got to like some more than others. I know, but I, I don't have any on my phone. I'm not asking you if you have any on your phone. Like, well, I know, what, but that's what's what one I'm that you like? What's one I, that you I like? I don't know. I don't know. Like the Mariah Carey song? Sure. All I Want for Christmas is You? Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that yeah. one. My wife hates that one. Okay. I think she thinks it's insulting. Why? I don't want a lot for Christmas. Just you. No, oh. like you're not that much. I think that's. I don't know. She doesn't like it. Mm. I don't. Maybe she has something against Mariah Carey. I don't yeah. know. But uh, she's had that surgery, so she's kind of. I think Jen's kind of in a mood or something. Maybe she's just gotcha. cranky. She gotcha. might just be cranky. I don't yeah. know. I like that song. I listen to Christmas music all the time. Yeah, I don't. I don't have. I, so I don't. I don't listen to Christmas music. Yeah. Too bad. Like Poison or Cinderella didn't do a Christmas album. You'd be all over I'd that. I probably have that. Yeah, see, I would have had that. <laughs> I would have had that. Did, did Def Leppard do one? No. Nope. No, but Run DMC <laughs> has a Christmas song. Oh, I've heard that one. Okay, see? I knew you, I knew you know it. Okay, so that would be my favorite. There you go. All right. Well, good. I'm glad we that, found yeah, something. That, that would be my favorite. I'm glad we found something. So um, we're still going through the 1689, mm-hmm. and we are in paragraph five of chapter 22 of Religious Worship and the Sabbath Day. And today, we're getting in to those elements of corporate worship. You want to read paragraph five, Jimmy? Yep. Uh, the reading of the scriptures, preaching, and hearing of the word of God, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord, as also the administration of baptism and the Lord's Supper are all parts of religious worship of God to be performed in obedience to him with understanding, faith, reverence, and godly fear. Moreover, solemn humiliation with fastings and thanksgivings upon special occasions ought to be used in a holy and religious manner. I even like that you got the an in there, an an holy yep. and religious manner. But if you're going to say an holy, you got to say an oli. An oli? Yeah, something like that. So, um, so here we're talking about 
the elements or the essential components that comprise corporate worship, right? So this gets us back to the regulative principle. What is it that frames and, and fills our corporate worship? Well, here we have the list, and we find this to be thoroughly satisfying here in paragraph five. So we, read, we have the, the reading of Scripture, the preaching of Scripture, and the hearing of Scripture, right? All right there. So, for example, First uh, Timothy one, uh, I mean, sorry, First Timothy chapter four, yeah. verse thirteen. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. There is no proper corporate worship without the Word of God at the center of it all. This doesn't make the preacher the center of corporate worship. It makes the Word of God the center of corporate worship. So there ought to be readings, preaching, readings, and preaching. So Jimmy, when we think about readings, how is that different from preaching? Well, I think uh, in reading, I, I kind of think of reading as like responsive reading or participatory reading, uh, or just even just the reading of mm-hmm. scripture. So uh, for us, I, I guess in the middle of service, when uh, someone's up front, they're they're reading a passage. Maybe the uh, at the beginning of service, you will have call to worship. The call to worship. Uh, we'll read that passage out there, and everyone's hearing mm-hmm. the passage. You know, in fact, we've got. I got a. I got a program here. All right. So this program, this worship program is from it's really dark in this office but okay so i wonder why it's dark this yeah because you broke my light (laughs) you broke the lamp when we sat down you literally (laughs) you literally pulled the cord out of the i don't know how this happened i don't know how stop i didn't know how it happened all right so this is from november 10th so this is a while ago Mm mm-hmm and uh, so here are some of the scripture reading. No, I'm good. All right. So we've got Psalm 24, verses 7 through 10. Now you're blinding me with that thing. <laughs> we also have Psalm 8 as a responsive reading on this day. And we have Matthew 16, 24 through 26 as a scripture reading. We have uh, preaching, which included a whole lot of scripture, but it was based on Luke 21, 1 through 4. We also have a congregational reading from Philippians 3, 7 through 9. Uh, and then a benediction at the end, which yeah. is typically scripture as well. At least that's what I see in the program. So, so that, reading. So, yeah, there's the reading of the scripture, right? Mm-hmm. And people are, uh, But then there's also, like you said, the difference between that and preaching is typically when uh, the pastor, or Joe in this case, uh, is, is expounding upon the word of God for the edification no. of the body. We ain't just talking. No. We'll be preaching yep. and not just preaching whatever you want. Yeah, it's not, this is not a fireside chat. No. No, if the, you, once you bring up the stool, you're throwing out the Bible. You got a stool up there, doesn't count as expository. Yeah. can't be expository. Once you bring up the stool, you've shown to be the fool. That's right. So don't, don't do that. You're pretty, you're pretty impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm proud yeah. of that. I'm kind yeah. of proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> now, all these people that like. <laughs> yeah. All you stool fools out there are like, man, <laughs> we always say when you bring up the stool, you, you, you're made you look super very cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. no, no, but you're not, man. Knock, knock that off. Listen, but here's the truth. I would use a stool, but I have to hop up, I have to climb up onto it, so it doesn't look very cool when I do it. I look, I look like, I look like a, I look like a, a ventriloquist dummy sitting on a stool when I'm sitting up there. That's why I don't do it. Remember the one time there was a stool during preaching? Who did that? Dougie Logan. Oh, and Doug Logan. Doug. When he was having a heart attack. Okay, so some of you new listeners don't know this, but our friend Doug Logan. President of Grimkey Seminary, he is um, yeah. a pastor. He's first, a, yeah, first. He works on uh, just you know, hard spaces, ministries, and all that stuff. Church at hard places, yeah, yes. church at hard places, hard spaces, hard faces. I don't know, but the point is, is uh, Doug is a good friend, a godly man, a great preacher. Mm-hmm. And he was preaching here at Redeemer one day, 
And this was after we like like we put him we, through the we, ringer. We, we read, yeah, he listened. He was he, he was game. We brought him in to do our conference. He did the conference, and he had to preach a couple times uh, on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so this was only when we, had, when we had two services, not even three services. Yeah. And so first service, he was fine. He was Doug. Second service, <laughs> something ain't right. He, he was like not himself, and he wasn't making sense. And then he grabbed a stool and sat down. And then he they grabbed took his, his watch off. He grabbed. He took his watch. He grabbed his arm. And was like ah. And we're all like, what's going on? He wasn't making sense. And then Jimmy took him to the hospital as soon as he was done. And uh, we had like an aneurysm or something. Mm. We had a pulmonary something or another blood clot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. almost killed him. Yeah. 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 That, that time it was okay <laughs> with the stool because the old man wasn't feeling That's good. That's right. Doc Devo, the conference that will literally, that literally kills it. it well, him. Him. Yeah. Literally kills you. <laughs> so the reading of scripture and the preaching of scripture, of course, the hearing of the yep. word of God. Teach, but then it says teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So Ooh. I love this because music has a place. Music has a place. Singing has a place. And it is directed to God, right? We we sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord, but there is also this horizontal component to it that when we when we are singing these songs, we are teaching and admonishing one another. Mm. So like the songs are for the glory and pleasure of God, but they're also for the mutual benefit and edification of each other. So think about that. When you come to church, and you're like, you're just mouthing the words. You're not really singing the words. You're just like, you're just, you're just kind of standing there. Mm-hmm. You are not doing one of the things God calls you to do to exhort one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Mm, so it's not only that you're missing out mm-hmm. by not participating in worship, but others, you're depriving others of what you bring to the table. You are robbing them of their edification. Whoa. Yeah. And that's based on Colossians 3.16 and Ephesians 5.19, by the way, this whole idea of uh, singing and admonishing uh, one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And by the way, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, some people would say that they're three different kinds of psalms. Others, like us, would say, well, these are three different kinds of, of song, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs being those things that are derived from Scripture, not necessarily being Scripture themselves. Um, I love that. But what also, Jimmy, what also is an essential element of corporate worship uh, as also the administration of baptism and the lord's supper yeah oh, both of those things i i well i mean it's no secret i've shared it before i've said it many times i love that we do uh the lord's supper every week yeah i just personally i get so much out of that right and the opportunity to continue to repent and uh be reminded of the gospel um is is needed for, for me <clears throat> Now, I remember we, we made a couple of changes along the way. So when we started Redeemer, we did communion or the Lord's Supper monthly, right? Which is really common. A lot mm-hmm. of Presbyterian Baptist yep. churches do that. Um, and we had juice only. Yep. Uh, and then we got to the place where the elders were like, all right, we really have no reason to only do this monthly. We believe we should be doing communion weekly. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't just make that change. We educated the body. We taught them. I wrote a paper, gave that to everybody. It came up in our sermons. And then we told them, here, we're going to be switching here. We're going to be going to communion every week. And uh, we explained that to everybody. We talked about moving from just juice to juice and wine mm-hmm. to allow your conscience to give you the opportunity here. But we have them both. And gluten-free. And we have gluten-free bread because we actually have people with celiac disease, not just people who don't want gluten. Don't really care about that. Yeah, yeah. There's but if you've got, yeah, yeah, you don't want gluten, I don't care. You can't have gluten, I care. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have, but listen, by the way, our, our gluten free uh, matzah stuff is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like it. Except when, you know, the preparers uh, 
don't when the preparers leave the bag open mm, and they get stop. all stale and chewy mm. and then it's like it's it's like matzo jerky is what we have <laughs> and you gotta, you, that's when antiquation is necessary because you gotta you gotta soak it in something to get it to, <laughs> to, to, to dissolve it <laughs> um, so we but we did all of that and our people have really responded well yeah. to doing it weekly uh, and, and by the way when we do the Lord's Supper um, one of the concerns was well isn't this gonna become like old hat doing the same thing every week and it's like well if we if we sang the same song every week, that might become old hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we don't do the Lord's Supper the exact same way every time, meaning I will pull a different passage of Scripture each Sunday that focuses on the death of Christ and we'll read that passage. I'll explain the death of Christ, tie it to communion, the Lord's Supper, and then exhort the people in a specific way. Mm-hmm. So it is literally fresh and somewhat different every week, even though we are going through the same ordinance every week. Uh, I love it too. Baptism, whenever we have the opportunity, oh, yes. we schedule those in advance in case people are ready. And then when it's time, boom, we take them through our, our little class and they get baptized. Uh, super exciting stuff. We ought to be taking those things seriously and doing them on the regular, right? They are yeah. all parts of religious worship of God. And these things, the 1689 said, should be performed in obedience to God. That's with, important. With understanding, faith, reverence, and godly fear. So- mm. In other words, um, we are obeying God. We're not just doing this because this is what we want to do. Yeah. This is not, we're not, we don't, we don't make it up. We're doing this in obedience to God. So the scripture regulates what we do, but we're supposed to do it with understanding. Meaning, like, you should know why you do yeah. what you're, you You're do. not just going through the motions. You're not just doing it because it looked cool somewhere else. You're yep. doing it because they see what it adds to the overall, I want to say, arc of the liturgy. Yeah. And, and, like, what is the purpose and meaning behind these things? And listen, if you don't know, it might not be your fault. It might be your church's fault. And I'm talking to you, pastors and leaders. If you are not educating your people about the components of your liturgy, well, then that's on you. Yeah. If your people don't know why you sing songs or why there's a benediction or why we read prayers sometimes or why there's spontaneous prayer, then that's on you. Just one of the things we do is we added a why we do that section in our program. And every week it's a, it's a different aspect of our liturgy that explains, oh, why do we sing mm-hmm. these songs? Or why do we celebrate the Lord's Supper? Um, what is baptism? Mm-hmm. We have those things that rotate throughout all the time and our people really like those. And it's... It, educate like what's a benediction these things educate our people so that they can actually observe these things do these things with proper understanding so yeah understanding uh, and we do it by faith right mm. we do it by faith not uh, not trusting in the elements themselves for ourselves it's for our salvation but we do it by faith that it's it's pleasing to god this mm. obedience is pleasing to god uh and it gives him glory and see these the with the means of grace are only means of grace when we receive them by faith, right? So this is where um, the connection really happens, and with reverence, like reverence yeah. and godly fear. Right? So in other words, like when you and I hang out, mm-hmm. we crack wise. Yep. We sometimes hit each other. Yep. We sometimes tackle each other onto beds. There might be a photo out there of that somewhere. Okay, yes, I just remembered. Yes, okay. One time, one time, you pulled me on... Okay. No, I sat on your lap. Okay, well, we're, we're I sat on your lap, and then you... You you wrapped your arms around me okay. and lifted up my shirt and slapped That's my right. belly yep. and then somebody took a picture. Yeah, that was at the cigar shop. Yep. Yeah, and that was posted online too. Yep. See, we don't have to have uh, reverence and godly fear in all of our interactions mm-hmm. together, but when we are worshiping our triune God, yeah. reverence is required. Yeah, I'm not sitting there tackling you in the sanctuary. No. Now, outside of the sanctuary, 
might have happened. That, that might have. Um, so, you know, and again, we're not saying, hey, stop running in church. Like, what we're saying is, is like, you've got to approach corporate worship with reverence because you are worshiping God. Yeah. Holy, just, eternal, your maker, your redeemer. He deserves reverence. He should be feared with a godly fear, not, not a, a fear of God punishing you, but an overwhelming sense of awe and respect. Yeah. Moreover, solemn humiliation with fastings and thanksgivings upon special occasions ought to be used in a holy and religious manner. So there are situations in which, like, not every service is going to be like a celebration. We're all super happy and excited. Mm-hmm. Exce- sometimes there will be solemn assemblies. Yeah. Sometimes there will be a time of repentance. Right. There have been situations when churches have to corporately repent um, or when there was an utter failure of leadership. And so there's a much more solemn uh, assembly where, where people are crying out to God yeah. for mercy. Fastings when the needs are significant and um, there is a seeking of the Lord and, and thanksgivings for all the things that God does. These things, too ought to be used in a holy and religious way. And religious meaning distinctively Christian, right? Aimed at God, the Father, through Jesus Christ, with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. These are the elements of worship. Now, the the way in which you employ these things can vary from church to Mm -hmm. church. So we preach for about 40 minutes. It used to be 40, 45, and I think it's basically 40 now. Yeah, yeah, 35 to 40. Is it 35 to 40? Because we have three services and it just- I'd say you're you're at like 40. I think the rest of us are usually around 35. So that's Travel's preaching. Then it's 55. Yeah. Um, So- But you can have a 30-minute sermon or an hour-long sermon. I mean, it, it- God doesn't determine exactly how long a sermon has to be based on scripture, but you need to be able to, in your culture, with your people, yeah. properly unpack, explain, and apply the scripture while pointing to Jesus and calling people to faith and repentance. Singing of songs. How many songs? What songs? Well, so long as they are biblical and theological and derived from scripture, that's fine. Um, instruments, no instruments, church choir, band, mm. whatever, acapella. And there's a, there's a bunch of ways to do it. And so the... The occasions or the ways in which you do these things can vary, but the important thing is that these are the things that form and fill our corporate worship. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays later. Later.